previously on Cyril Reed's Ninja Gaiden. All it took was a 13-year-old letter from a long-lost father to get Ninja Master Ryu Hayabusa to travel halfway around the world to seek out answers. Upon stepping foot on U.S. soil, Ryu had nothing but trouble. First, he's kicked off a college campus. Then he gets into a fight with some dude at a bar. Then he's shot by a teenage girl. Then he gets in a high-speed chase with thieves dressed as postal workers. And did I mention that he gets confronted by the CIA? Yeah, that happens too. Now he's off to search for an ancient artifact that could spell out the end of the world as we know it. Oh, and he's riding a speedy minecart that just ran out of track. Talk about a cliffhanger. How does our hero Ryu get out of this sticky situation? Find out now when we delve even deeper into the world of Ninja Gaiden. Chapter 13 Inches from Ryu's face, the broken ends of the scaffold race by. He jumped from the falling train car, reaching desperately with his hands. His fingers closed around a thin slat of wood. The momentum of his body carried him around the slat. He swung as if he was on a parallel bar. The scaffolding swayed and squeaked. Splinters of rotting wood fell into the black lagoon with hollow plump, plump sounds. When he stopped, he looked down again. A few feet below him, the train car was floating on its side. Slowly, a long, black tentacle rose out of the murk. It was coated with oily sludge, and the flaps of skin hung loose. It wrapped itself around the train car. Then it contracted. With a sudden, violent splitting sound, the car smashed in half. Ryu let go with his left hand, and he grabbed the wooden slat directly above. Crap! It split off and he tumbled downward. This wasn't going to be easy. With a painstaking care, Ryu began climbing. He went from slant to slant, testing each one. It seemed to take him hours, but he eventually clambered to the top. Ahead of him, the tracks continued through a large hole in the cavern wall. Ryu began walking. With each step, the scaffolding shook. He extended his arms on the side, like a, like a tightrope walker. Below him, the monster snarled and jumped, unhappy with his dinner of wood and steel. It whipped its tail against the scaffold. Sporing! The scaffolds bowed to one side. Ryu almost lost his balance, but he had to make time now. Quickly, he scampered towards the hole. He had only a few feet to go. The wooden slants weren't going to hold the stress much longer. The room echoed with the sound of splitting wood. Like a house of toothpicks, the scaffold collapsed. Chapter 14 Ryu's fingers clung to the edge of the wall opening. His feet dangled above the heap of fallen wood. He hoisted himself up and peered inside. The first thing he checked was the floor. It was solid. He'd be able to walk. The second thing he noticed was an eerie flaming lantern on the wall. He walked towards it. 
Without knowing why, he felt his hand traveling to his belt. The Dragon Sword was summoning him. During his years of ninja training, he had learned not to question the urges that came over him at times like this. There were always reasons. He pulled the sword. At the same time, he heard a noise above him. It was a loud caw, like 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 a crow. He looked up at the noise. It wasn't a crow. Far from it. As a child, Ryu learned that many scientists believed that certain dinosaurs had evolved into birds. He had always doubted that, but not anymore. What flew towards him had no feathers. Its skin was brown and leathery. Its wings stretched out on either side like two fleshy curtains. And its teeth were long white spikes that jutted from the edge of its beak. With another shrieking cackle, it swooped towards Ryu. But he didn't defend himself. Instead, he stepped towards the lantern. He fought against the voice inside that cried out, Fight back! Fight back! That was a human, mortal voice. What was driving him to the lantern was deeper than that. It was a a spiritual force. Why? The mortal voice begged. Ryu ignored it. He raised his arms high. The tip of the dragon sword glinted in the reflected light of the lantern. The flying creature raced towards him like a bullet. Ryu slashed the lantern with his sword. The lantern? What about the bird? He gritted his teeth, expecting the lantern to shatter. Instead, it dissolved. It just just disappeared. The dragon sword glowed amber. Ryu felt a surge of energy. Yeah! The bird was upon him. He thrust with the dragon sword once. All that touched him was a shower of sparks. The bird fell to the ground, a tangled mass of wires and computer chips. It wasn't an ancient species at all. The Jacquio must be a high-tech wizard, along with his other powers. Ryu walked to the end of the chamber. Then a ladder led to the trap door in the roof. He climbed up and pushed open the door. A cold wind from the Pervian Andes blasted his face as he lifted himself through. He was on a narrow ledge of the rock mesa, looking away from the jungle. Shish! A lock of Ryu's hair suddenly fell to the ground, neatly cut off. He whirled around. Standing before him was a hooded ninja warrior, holding a gleaming steel Ninja 2 sword. Around his waist was a black belt. My name is Barbarian, the man said. I have been looking forward to challenging you like this. Ryu unsheathed his sword. The two men faced each other. Each expected the other to begin. Ryu knew that a battle like this did not depend on physical power. Whoever had the spiritual ed would win. He balanced his weight carefully. An image of the lantern flashed through his mind. The lantern had given him strength. He had looked to it in the way that a man looked out of the darkness into the light. In his soul, he believed it would give him the power. And it did. This was strength of the spirit. If he still had it, 
he could make his first move. He slashed. The dragon sword whistled as it cut through the air. Black belt or not, Barbarian had no time to react, and before Ryu's thrust had completed its arc, the warrior was gone. Like the monstrous bird, he had just vanished. Ryu walked along the edge. He followed it around the mesa until he saw another trap door. This one was larger, and a bright light shone from within. As he stepped closer, a deep rumbling laugh welled up. Welcome, young soldier. Please, do drop in. The voice was like the scraping of cement against metal. It made Ryu grit his teeth. Cautiously, he approached the hole and looked in. The harsh glare made him turn his eyes. He squinted and tried to take in the astonishing sight below him. It was more like an oversized jewel box than a room. The walls were made up of carved gold, studded with diamonds, and threw webs of light around the room. The floor was polished platinum, decorated with occasional ruby and emerald tiles. No gawking, please. Would you like to enter my humble abode? Ryu still couldn't see where the voice was coming from. He dropped through the hole, landing on one of the ruby tiles. At the far end of the room, there was a platform at the top of three steps carpeted with mink. On the platform was a throne that dazzled with thousands of inlaid jewels. Sitting on the platform, with chalk-white face, framed by a hood of spun gold, was the Jacquio. So... This is the first intrepid soul to have penetrated into my chamber? The Jacquio roared. Ha! You are but a child. With a, with a child's luck. Ryu drew his sword. I'm not afraid of you, Jacquio. Then you will go to your death peacefully. Behind Ryu, there was a sudden thump. He turned to see the door open. Let go of me, turkey, came a familiar voice. A heavily muscled guard came through the door, flailing within his arms. Trying to pry away from a stranglehold was the red-haired girl from the CIA. How did she get in here? The Jacquio demanded. She followed behind the boy, my lord, the guard said. He laid several rooms to waste. I caught her as she was trying to climb the great ladder. Where is your weapon, Dunderhead? The Jacquio bellowed. The guard drew a gun from his belt. The girl went stiff with fright. The Jacquio laughed again. Now, my young swordsman, give me the dark statue or your devoted lady fair will come to an unseemly end. Fine, Ryu thought. The Jacquio didn't know the foster had given him only the replica of the statue. The problem was, would he be fooled long enough for the time of the Dark Moon to pass? Trying to look defeated and hopeless, Ryu lay the statue at Jacquio's feet. On your knees, the Jacquio thundered. Ryu ground his teeth. It repulsed him to kowtow to this barbarian if it would save a life. As his knees touched the ground, the girl blurted out, Ryu! No! The statue is real! 
I gave you the real one by mistake. That's why they sent me after you. Those are the last words Ryu heard as a trick door fell open beneath him. To be continued. And now, an open letter to A.L. Singer, the author of Ninja Gaiden. Dear A.L. Singer, Hello again. Uh, I can't believe we're more than halfway through this book. It feels like just yesterday I was sitting down to read the first couple of chapters, but... Uh, the more of Ninja Gaiden I read, the more I'm, I'm coming to appreciate you as, a, as an author, I, you know? I, I, I make a lot of fun of you uh, early on for the, the stupid liberties you've taken to the story, but, you know, I, I gotta admit, you're, you're, you're turning into the master of the cliffhanger. Like, okay, for example, last week, we ended with Ryu falling to his death, right? That, that's really exciting. And, and this week, well, this week, we end with Ryu falling to his death. My god, man. Who, who would have thought that you would use the same cliffhanger two times in a row? Ah. When, when everyone else is expecting you to, you know, be do something original or, or creative, hey, you decide to recycle from the last episode. And that, that, Mr. Singer, is why I love your writing. You're one unpredictable cat. But there are a couple of things about this chapter that I, I kind of feel like should bring up. Okay. Let's start with Ryu's views on evolution. I know that this uh, that this book is about ninjas and not political wedge issues, but while I was reading the chapter, I started to wonder if A.L. Singer was actually Ben Stein's pen name. Either way, I think uh, I think we need to talk. So so Ryu Hayabusa uh, doesn't believe in evolution. Okay, I know he's you know I should give this like thirteen year old kid a break, but he's racing around the world killing whoever gets in his way. And, and, and yet, he doesn't he doesn't know what he believes about evolution? Uh, is it that he just doesn't care, or is it that he believes in the whole chicken and egg conundrum thing? Then again, you did mention that Ryu was suppressing urges. What was that you said? Oh, oh, here it is. During his last years of ninja training, he learned not to question the urges that came over him in times like this. Hmm. Yeah? Huh. Well, just wait until this 13-year-old kid finds out how good it feels. and Then he's going to be doing it three, maybe four times a day. (laughs) You just mark my words, ninja trainers. Oh, but those voices in my head keep telling me I shouldn't have gone there. One says, No, Cyril, that was too crude and Mr. Singer wouldn't appreciate it. Yet, the other side of me wants to go even further. I bring this up because I'm starting to think that Ryu may be a schizophrenic. In the last chapter, Ryu had a three-minute conversation with himself, all before he should have been kicking butt. I know, I know that, that Ryu doesn't believe in the whole evolution thing, but maybe he believes in modern medicine and can take a couple of pills for those voices. Or maybe he's a Scientologist and doesn't believe in taking medication at all. 
Either way, I think that Pills would make Ryu a much more interesting character. Oh, and one last thing. Uh, uh, being able to create an anim- uh, animatronic bird uh, doesn't mean that you're a high-tech wizard. It just means that you don't have a girlfriend. Hey, thanks for another fantastic chapter. Sincerely, Cyril Lachelle.